They love to do new things and think new ways and change the way I've always done things. Yes? Some of you are doing that. <laughs> Friday, uh, I went fishing. And, and I actually learned from my dad and my uncle that there, there's a process to everything you do. And you have to have things just right. And, and I did manage to catch a few fish, and so I brought them home. And I have my routine I have to set up. Although my routine is a little bit changed because... Um, most of my st most of our stuff is packed up and in storage already, so I did have to alter my routine a little bit because I didn't have all my tools. So I went in the backyard and I plugged my electric fillet knife into the extension cord that's on our deck for the lights that hang on our pergola and started to clean the fish and my knife wouldn't work and discovered that the external outlet on the outside of the house was dead. It wasn't, didn't have any electricity. So I sighed and unplugged the cord and walked around and took it into the garage and plugged it into the outlet in the garage and went back out and my knife wouldn't work. And all of the outlets in the garage were dead. So I checked the other external outlet and it was dead. So I thought, breaker's thrown, right? So I go down to the bay, get the breaker box. All of the breakers look fine, but I shut them all off and turn them all back on anyway. Everything's still dead. Well, while I was down there, I thought I ought, I ought to check, make sure I had room in the freezer to put the fish remains until trash day. And so I opened the refrigerator freezer in the basement in the storeroom, and it's dead. And by now, I'm getting pretty frustrated. And so uh, I drug the extension cord into our kitchen. Tr Luckily, Trudy went home. Drug the extension cord into the kitchen and plugged it in the kitchen, and it worked. I got the fish cleaned. I got the freezer in the basement cleaned out because it had obviously been dead for a week or more because, I mean, the food in there was not, wasn't, it was warm. <clears throat> Called my son, who I knew had just done some remodeling and done some rewiring, and I said, told him what all was going on. He said, I said, what do you think? He said, well, he said, you probably got a loose, con you're going to have to trace the wires, either that or you got a bad breaker, it just doesn't look bad, or whatever, and I'm thinking, I'm not, so I'm thinking I ought to call Tom McReynolds, because he's a member of the church, he's an electrician, he'd know what to do, but by now it's, I don't know, 8 o'clock or so on Friday night, didn't want to do that, so I sat down with my laptop and I Googled, I don't remember exactly what I Googled, but something about out, fine. <clears throat> So I'm reading, and I don't know how long I read, until I found this one little place that said, sometimes contractors will hook other circuits to your GFI outlets. And if you don't know what a GFI outlet, it's the ones like by your kitchen sink and by your bathroom sinks that are grounded. Check those. I'm like, well, okay. And so at first I went into my bathroom and looked, and sure enough, it was tripped. And so I pushed the little button, and everything works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you got that right. Because I, I was tired, and I was not happy. I was worn out from running up and down the stairs. And then it's like, why in the heck?
would, would somebody hook external outlets, your garage, and one outlet in the basement to the GFI outlets? <laughs> I haven't found the answer to that one yet, but uh, That's anyway. That's the electrical code. Huh? That's the code. That's the code? <laughs> hey, so... I did not want to learn a new thing, but I did learn a new thing. <laughs> that if that ever happens again, I know where to go. Pentecost is about new things. Today is the Sunday we celebrate that in the liturgical calendar for the church. Celebrate Pentecost. Some say the birthday of the church, if you will. That's why we have balloons on the altar. My clicker isn't working. There it is. I thought it was going to be a really short sermon. <laughs> or I was going to ramble on for a long time. Some of us recall the story from the book of Acts about the disciples gathered in a room and there was this sound like a rushing wind, we're told. And the spirit, like tongues of fire, appear and rest on the heads of those gathers. And they begin to speak in various languages. When the people outside hear all the commotion and the speaking, they wonder what's going on, and some of them accuse the disciples of being drunk. Peter then stands up and says, We're not drunk. We are inspired by the Spirit to remind the people that God is still at work. Young and old, male and female, will prophesy and bring the good news of God's love and justice to the world through this event. It's a birthday party. The church is being born. Break out the balloons, the wine, the party hats, the cake, the donuts. A 2,000-year-old birthday party. But then I wonder, is the church too tired? Is the church too worn out? Has the church finally become irrelevant, out of touch, stuck in its stale and ineffectual dogmas and doctrines, stuck on life support, if you will, and no one has the ability, the courage, the compassion to pull the plug? I look at the state of the church as a whole across our nation and world, and I wonder these things. I hear the voices of some of my colleagues and others who say what the church needs is an old-fashioned revival. We need to get back to the way things used to be. Back to when the church was new and fresh and just getting started, when preachers and lay folks were on fire with the Spirit like that first Pentecost and the sounds of the rushing winds and the visions of flames and the sounds of diverse languages were the norm. We need a good dose of that old-time religion. The problem with that, at least for me, is those who often long for, yearn for the way things used to be, the ones who want a revival of the church and a fresh outpouring of the Spirit will often tell you exactly what the Spirit will look like and exactly where it will take us, which is not necessarily a new thing. 
but rather perhaps it's just keeping the church on life support a little longer as we tell it what it should say and what it should do and who it should be. The church longs for the way things were in the heyday, the grand old days, the good old days, when we knew exactly what we believed, how we were to behave, and what we were to do. Life and faith were simplistic. Those days of that cliche of the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it, was the mantra. Back when we knew what to expect and didn't have to think and feel so much. Maybe that's what we need to do. So we sit by the bedside of the church and we listen to the hum of the systems and we wait for a miracle revival to bring it back. But nothing seems to be happening. And sometimes, Sometimes it even seems to be getting worse. More disconnected. More unresponsive. More distant. As I was pondering the church these past couple of weeks in the context of this slide, it made me think of a movie some years ago. Some of you may have seen it. The Sixth Sense. It's one of my favorite movies. It's a story of a successful psychiatrist trying to help a young boy who sees ghosts. And the life of the psychiatrist seems disconnected and his family is distant and unresponsive. And there's just something not right and he can't put his finger on it. It feels like he's just going through the motions and not much success at anything until the very end when he discovers he's dead doesn't know it. And I wonder, maybe, maybe for all intents and purposes, the church is dead. And it just doesn't know it yet. Today we celebrate the birthday of the church. And there are days when I wonder if maybe it's too late. You've probably noticed by now I did not use the passage from Acts, the traditional reading for Pentecost Sunday today. I used the Hebrew scripture reading for this Sunday, the reading from Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones. I used it because of the starker image of death. Pondering perhaps, is this where the church is? Dead, dry, piled up, and deserted unknowingly gone, irrelevant. I use this reading because it's a national story. It's not about individual re resurrection. It's a national problem. It's a story of not only the faith, but of a people. And as I pondered the image of the dry bones of the people of Israel for Ezekiel, I had to ask myself, is the church dead and it just doesn't know it yet? The church is certainly tired, certainly tattered, and as I look across the landscape of the church of our nation, I have considered the church is dead. Because the church is dead when it participates and remains silent in the demonization of the poor and the programs of social uplift helping feed and clothe God's children. 
The church is dead when it participates and remains silent in the dehumanizing of immigrants and the separating of mothers and fathers from children through deportation and punishes children's, children whose parents choose to escape torturous conditions. The church is dead when it claims it loves all and includes all and continues to deny LGBTQ full access into its life. The church is dead when it ignores the cries of those who are incarcerated unjustly and without recourse. The church is dead when it refuses to stand for full equality of women, both within its institutions and society. The church is dead when it categorically proclaims those who disagree with its doctrines and dogmas are destined for a hell of God's choosing. The church is dead when it turns a blind eye and remains silent to the sins of its nation and buys into partisan politics. The church is dead when it does not speak up in defense of our school children because of its love of guns. The church is dead when it participates and remains silent consciously and unconsciously in the evil of racism. It's dead when it says everyone should speak English when Pentecost is a testimony against such things. It's dead when it would rather split over who it can keep out rather than finding a place for everyone. The church is dead when it would rather cater to its membership than serve its community. It's dead when it's more worried about how things have always been done rather than dreaming about how to embrace new ideas. It's dead when it gives up on being the prophetic voice of change. It's dead when it would rather look back on old dry bones of past ideas, past days, past preachers, past teachers, past unrealized dreams. The church is dead when it refuses to listen to new leadership and new innovations and new ways. The church is dead when it's more focused on surviving than it is thriving. Maybe the church is dead. But you know what? Says God to Ezekiel. The church is in it. The church of Jesus is in the prophecy business, the love business, in the resurrection business, and sometimes things have to die before they can be raised. Because love, true love, never dies. The church is in the resurrection business because it's what we do. You can't kill a church grounded in, steeped in, saturated in, immersed in, dripping with, oozing with, wrapped up in, inundated with, and besieged with love. Pentecost is about love of God for all persons. Pentecost is about bringing new life and insight to the world. The church is the Pentecost is in the Pentecost business when it lifts up the poor and supports programs. The church is in the Pentecost business when it stands with immigrants and families. The church is in the Pentecost business when it speaks up in support of LGBTQ persons in the life of the church and community. It's in the Pentecost business when it stains the injustice 
of incarceration practices in this nation. It's in the Pentecost business when it votes to support full equality of women in the church and society. It's in the Pentecost business when it uses its prophetic voice to say, love conquered any kind of hell that others might proclaim. It's in the Pentecost business when it points out the sins and injustices of its nation and leaders. It's in the Pentecost business when it puts the lives of our children before the agenda of violence. It's in the Pentecost business when it condemns racism and all of its forms. When it opens its doors to all persons. When it serves the neighborhood and the community. It's in the Pentecost business when it embraces new understandings and ideas. When it learns from its past but doesn't live there. It's in the Pentecost business when it finds the prophetic voice of justice, compassion, welcome, life, and love. It's in the Pentecost business when it's inspired by the Spirit to remind the people that God is still at work and love is the way. The church, or portions of it as we have known it, the church, or portions of it as we know it, may be in its last throes of death or worse. But we are an Ezekiel church. Prophesy to these old dry bones, says God. Live, live, and love, for it is the power of love that will renew and resurrect the best of what is to come. This is so. This is so. Amen.